0: Welcome to Top of Their Class, a Fireside Bears exclusive interview series where we bring in beat reporters, team reporters, and experts to discuss the 2021 quarterback draft class. If you like what you see, make sure you subscribe and remember,
1: you can only get this content here on Fireside Bears. Today though, we've got Ashlyn Sullivan in the house. You can actually follow her on TikTok at Ashlyn R Sullivan, she is the Jacksonville Jaguars team reporter. Ashlyn, what's going on? Thanks so much for being on here.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. We're uh, a little slow this week. We just wrapped up mandatory minicamp last week, so yeah, thanks for having me. Getting ready for a summer break here next week, so we're excited.
0: And the weather's finally yep. cooperating as well.
2: Yes, definitely. It has been a, a a normally cool OTA minicamp period, so it was funny the rookies were out there and they're like, oh, it's not even that hot. We're like, yeah, just wait till training camp. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I know both of you guys are down in Florida. I mean, is it raining like crazy down there? Because I have friends in Gainesville that are like, oh, it's been raining for like two weeks straight.
2: Yeah, that's just kind of the way it is here. Once it hits June, July, it, you just know it's going to rain every single afternoon. And you just plan for that. That's the perk of Florida.
0: Yep. Just for a couple hours, though. And then and then it's gone. It it. It's get in the way.
1: Yeah, it's nice and it's, dude, it's windy this morning in the western suburbs here in Chicago, but let's get right into it. So I know Jags fans were super excited when they for sure were going to get the number one overall pick back in like December. That was week 15 or 16, but what's the overall reaction been to the drafting of Trevor Lawrence? I mean, how is the Jags fan base and just the city of Jacksonville in general kind of embraced Trevor
2: yeah, it's, it's funny. I always try to describe it. Shad Khan, the Jaguars owner, was on an interview and he was asked, you know, how do you wrap up these past couple of months? And he's like, when you try to describe it, it's indescribable. And it really is. I mean, the, the amount of changes and positive changes that have come ever since head coach Urban Meyer has been hired. And it's almost like it took a while for us to realize that Trevor Lawrence Was indeed the Jaguars quarterback and on the field because we've known for so long. We've known for so many months he was going to be the guy that when he finally showed up here, it was almost like it wasn't real. So I feel like there's a little bit of that right now. And he's going around the city. He moved here and I know he's getting absolutely mobbed. People are just so obsessed with this new franchise quarterback and still taking some time to get used to the new guy being around.
1: Whoa, what's that like compared to someone such as Blake Bortles, for example? I mean, if you were around at the time, can you describe like the reaction to Blake, let's say, versus Trevor?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Blake also had a huge following, and I think a lot of that had to do with him playing at UCF right down the road. There was so many fans that had followed his game in college, so that was kind of a unique angle, but there's a little bit of that as well here in Jacksonville with Trevor and Clemson. There are a lot of Clemson alumni here in Jacksonville and Clemson really isn't that far away from Jacksonville as well. But I would say as much as Blake Bortles had a following, Trevor Lawrence is times 20. I mean this guy has been uh, compared to the Peyton Mannings of the world and the John Elway's and this is supposed to be a transitional quarterback for a franchise. So to have him here in Jacksonville, I would say it's, it's way more amplified than Blake Bortles was. and, And that was pretty high already.
0: Yeah, I I will say, uh, being in the Jacksonville area, something that really took me off guard was how it seems like Jacksonville Jaguar fans are are college football fans first, and then Jaguar fans second, um, or at least vice versa. Mm -hmm. Out in Chicago, the market is, well, we don't really have a great college football team in the state of Illinois, I guess outside of Northwestern the past year or so, uh, but they're primarily professional football guys first. So... Uh, that you know, it's entirely a great point with like Bortles on a UCF, uh, and I mean that's why the area likes Tim Tebow so much. They still remember him as the you know the the savior, the saint of Gainesville, uh, bringing them the BCS Championship Bowl. So yeah, that's that's a fantastic point, point. and I think um, just just revitalizing the market here in Jacksonville, I think, is really interesting. Uh, Garner Minshew, Minshew Mania came out of left field. Uh, but it took the country by storm, proving that Jacksonville, though it may be smaller of a market compared to like, teams of, you know, New York Giants or Sh- Chicago Bears or the L.A. Rams, that they're able to put something on the national stage. So how do you see Trevor Lawrence elevating the Jacksonville Jaguars media market and really giving the Jags as a place on the map here in the NFL in the next uh, coming decade, As as so many analysts think Trevor Lawrence can do?
2: yeah he already has changed it so much i mean be frank we're not used to the the espn the nfl networks they're not here a lot in jacksonville and they have been here a lot this off season we've seen you know trevor lawrence and the jaguars on sports center and espn out shooting practice that's a little unusual for us the past couple of years so you're already seeing that and i think it also has a lot to do with a superstar a head coach and then add tim tebow to that and there's a lot of media attention around this team right now but i will say that fizzles if you don't succeed and i think head coach meyer has done a great job of preaching that yes it's great to be in the limelight and to have fans come to the stadium but you have to win to keep them here so i'm curious to see how this goes during training camp when there's a ton of people around but I think when that first game rolls around, it'll be just strictly winning and the media attention will be very much second nature.
1: Well, what's it been like with Urban Meyer? I mean, were you surprised that the Jags went in that direction, especially because some of the guys on his staff, I think Charlie Strong's down there as well, they are mainly coaches that have made a name for themselves in college. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was surprised and we kind of saw it going that direction. I think owner Shad Khan noticed that a, a very big change needed to be made and it was a complete 360 shift and he wanted that superstar name that has had success in every stop of the road. And I know I get a lot of questions about okay, well, how is this going to work? How is he gonna transition from college football? We've seen it done before and we've seen it fail before with someone like Nick Saban. But I will say I've been very pleasantly surprised that I will be honest, and I had the thought that Coach Meyer was this hard-nosed, my way or the highway guy. And and he is like that in a sense, but he has surrounded himself with NFL talent in the scouting, and the coaching offices, and he's been very blunt and honest that he doesn't know some things, and he has to ask a lot of questions. And that's kind of refreshing that a head coach in the NFL is still learning and still using the opinions from his supporting coaching staff. So that's why I think this will work is – there are so many people giving their thoughts and opinions. It's not just one guy who knows it all. For
0: sure. So let, let's transition back to Lawrence here. What what gives? I mean, we all know he's he's going to be QB1, but, but why hasn't there been the official announcement yet?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it was Brian Schottenheimer on a press conference last week, and he's the passing game coordinator. And a lot of people were surprised when he said, we don't have a starting quarterback yet. Well, One, he would never be the guy to announce that. He's not going to go completely step over Coach Meyer and make this big announcement. And we all assume it'll be Trevor Lawrence, but we shouldn't be surprised that head coach Urban Meyer wants him to earn it. This is all about competition and, and bringing out the best in people. And there's nothing wrong for a rookie quarterback having to earn the job. And they've been honest. He hasn't done that yet. They haven't even been in pads yet. So... I think it'll take one or two weeks of training camp, maybe after the first preseason game. We all assume it'll be Trevor Lawrence, but we shouldn't be surprised that Coach Meyer wants to bring some competition out of this.
1: So Trevor basically mentioned before the summer break, he's just like, oh, I want to master this offense by training camp. I mean, has he shown the ability to do that? Knowing that he came. Oh, Okay, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think I've noticed a huge difference. It was uh, the start of OTAs and it was our first red zone period. And we went out on the field and I'm going to be honest, he struggled a little bit. There were some timing issues with the receivers and we're like, uh oh, what's going on here? And then I had to remind myself, "Okay, he's a rookie quarterback and he's still learning. And then we finished the mandatory minicamp period with his very best best practice of the offseason. And it was clear how much of an improvement he's made in just a three week period. And we have Brian Schottenheimer, the passing game coordinator, saying that he's getting texts from Trevor Lawrence at 9.45 at night asking questions, and he's spending all this extra time in the playbook. So I don't know if he's mastered it, but Coach Schottenheimer did say that Trevor knows about 90% of this playbook. They've gone through all the plays, and now training camp is just going to be revisiting and getting an extra rep. So he's definitely improving very quickly, and they're not surprised by that. They knew that Trevor the mental side of the game was one of his favorite things about the game.
1: Max, you're muted.
0: (laughs) Sorry, yeah.
1: So outside of,
0: uh, outside of Trevor's mental, mental game, uh, what other aspects of his game in OTA so far has really stuck out to you uh, and to some of the people within the locker room? I, I know we're still in pa- our shorts and shirts, we're not in pads yet, but what's really been sticking and really been getting guys excited about Trevor Lawrence?
2: I, think, I you, think you said it right there. Sure. It's that excitement level. And ever since he was drafted, you saw the big smile on all the wide receiver spaces. They're just so excited to have this guy in the locker room and have this guy in the building with them. I've been very impressed with with Trevor's professionalism. I think you can look at him and, and not know that he's a 21, 22 year old kid. I mean, it, it's crazy that he has all this weight on his shoulders and He's very used to that with the limelight of Clemson, but you look at him and think this guy is a 10-year veteran. By the way, he carries himself, the way he speaks, the way he walks around the building and wants to get to know everyone. I've been very impressed with how he handles himself off the field in a professional manner as well.
1: Yeah, that's really similar to just everything that we're seeing and hearing about Justin Fields in the sense that Mm -hmm. there's a report that okay justin's a true alpha justin's coming in here he's posting on social media that he's hanging out with the rest of the rookie class really getting to know them and so i mean both of these guys i think just it's not even because these guys you know fields and lawrence their journeys just don't start here in the nfl they've gone back pretty much since i think high school with like one of the netflix series that took place and just like, yeah, so I know Trevor because I played against him, but I don't, like, really personally know him. So they're always going to be tied at the hip. But let's talk about situations here. I mean, Justin's the clear-cut quarterback, too, right now. And then you have Andy Dalton and Nick Foles in the building kind of mentor and be a sounding board for Justin. But, I mean, the Jags haven't officially announced it, but everyone knows Trevor's going to be quarterback one. And there's Gardner Minshew and C.J on the roster but, but do you think for example that impacts trevor
2: i'm sorry i couldn't hear your question what did you say about impacting trevor
1: so there's not necessarily like a true veteran quarterback on the roster like uh mm-hmm. nick Foles or an andy dalton mm-hmm. so how do you think that impacts trevor
2: Yeah, I think in a perfect world, I know there were reports that the Jaguars were going after Alex Smith to be the backup quarterback. And that would have been your perfect scenario of having the veteran here to bring along Trevor Lawrence. But I also think Trevor Lawrence, as talented as he is, I don't know if he necessarily needs that veteran presence to bring him along. He also has Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer who have coached up Russell Wilson in Seattle when he was a rookie. So. I think he might lean on them more heavily than maybe he would have if there was a veteran quarterback here. Um, Gardner Minshew, I I've been surprised how well that has worked. I know there was some hesitations of Gardner Minshew a competitor and he feels like he deserves a starting job, whether it be here in Jacksonville or somewhere else. And you have Trevor Lawrence who was brought here to be the starter. So there were some questions of how is this going to work with two guys going for the same gig? And I think, I've been pleasantly surprised how much Gardner and Trevor have worked together. Gardner only playing in the league a couple of years, I think, can teach Trevor a few things. And he's had a very unique path. So I don't know if you necessarily need that Andy Dalton, Nick Foles type right now here in Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, so you and this is a question that I've been having and a lot of fans have been having outside the league. Uh, is seeing a talent like Minshew who had an off season uh coming off of a fantastic just breakout performance where everybody who's anybody's grown on mustache is like, I guess now <laughs> you can call this a Minshew mustache, although it's not. Um but some people could if I had a headband on maybe. But I guess one of the questions that I have really is is like like you just said, Minshew has this competitive at- attitude about him that he believes he should be a starting spot. And there's some analysts in the NFL who think that he should be a starting quarterback for a team. So I guess do do you think Minshew requests a trade here? What's the, what's the plan with the Jags holding on to great capital? Yes, it's a fantastic backup quarterback option for your rookie. Uh, but from Minshew's perspective, does it make, make make sense for him to stay in Jacksonville?
2: I think he's got a lot of questions that he has to look at. I think he could go two different paths here. He could really hone in on on wanting to be a starter and wanting to go live that dream. And if that's the case, then yeah, maybe Jacksonville isn't the best place for him. But I also think if you look at his play and the way that he's had these past two seasons roll out, I think he could see a lot of potential if he went the backup quarterback route. And I think he'd be a very good backup quarterback and, no surprise that backup quarterbacks make a lot of money in this league and have a very long future so he's kind of at this fork in the road where he can go either way and and hopefully his agent and his family are talking about these routes I could see it going either way but if it was me I would think I would go the backup quarterback route I think he'd have a much longer future in the NFL that way the Mitch Trubisky route exactly
1: so I mean I'm curious about the Jacks defense here because it It's only five years ago that they were one of the top units in the NFL, and now they're going through a bit of a transitional period because some building blocks that were on that team are no longer there, whereas with Chicago, I mean, the building blocks include names like Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Khalil Mack, obviously, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, but how equipped is this Jags defense going into 2021 to take the pressure off of Trevor? Because the Bears know that they can rely on the defense to take the pressure off Fields. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And they had a lot of work to do after last season on that defense. And the biggest thing they had to address was how are we going to stop the run? There were so many games where the Jaguars, frankly, were uncompetitive because they couldn't stop the run and they really had no shot after the first quarter. So the biggest thing was addressing that defensive line. And you did that with free agency with bringing in Malcolm Brown, bringing in Roy Robertson Harris, Jihad Ward, bringing in really Big bodies to take up space. The Jaguars lack that big time last season. So you're feeling a lot better about that. And then you look at a free agency signing like Shaquille Griffin at quarterback, who is an absolute alpha leader, really needed that in the secondary. You needed that voice. You have C.J. Henderson on the other side who was drafted, but there was a lot of pressure to put on him to be that leader of the secondary right here, right now. So with the free agency signings, and you also drafted Tyson Campbell, another cornerback out of Georgia, I feel a lot better about this defense and it's also the defense is going to look totally different from Joe Collin defensive coordinator system. It's now shifting to a three, four hybrid creative. He's calling it aggressive and violent and fast. So I'm really curious how this works and I'm not saying it's going to be completely fixed in a year. I'm still questioning if they have enough big bodies on the defensive line to stop the run, but they needed to improve. 80 steps i think they're probably 65 70 percent of the way there if you just look at the roster
0: yeah we were big fans of roy robinson here so we were a little sad to see him go uh but great you know, guy. yeah he's, he, he's local now for me so that's great uh, maybe i can stop by and see him um and maybe watch trevor too But um, outside of that, like you mentioned, the Jags have had an incredibly busy free uh, free agent signing season. Uh, Their offseason has been absolutely stacked, uh, which has been good to see, especially if you're a Jags fan. You're excited to see an ejection of new talent. Um, And, and, you know, the the Bears had a pretty busy offseason, too. But I, I guess I'm just wondering here, what additions on the offensive side of the ball, moving away from the defense, have the Jags made. I know they brought in Marvin Jones Jr., which is a fantastic Mm -hmm. signing. Uh, Drafting Travis Etienne had some people scratching their heads, uh, especially with talent like James Robinson off of a breakout undrafted rookie year. Uh, You have DJ Chalk to line up with Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, And then, of course, bringing in Walker Little from Syracuse to help bolster that pretty solid line that, Trevor can stand behind because a lot of them consider him to be the future of pocket quarterbacks and the league, although he does have some mobility. Uh, I guess the question is, is do you think that's enough for Trevor? I think it's enough. I think that's a good amount of talent. Um, But, but what's the feeling around in Jacksonville? Do you think it's enough?
2: I do think (laughs) it's enough. I think you absolutely look at the DJ Charks and the LaVisca Chenaults and coach Meyer has been very frank that he's had conversations that he expects more from them and he wants them to be that number one guy. So I think a lot depends when you ask, does Trevor have enough? You need more from the staple guys who were already here. And I think someone like Marvin Jones absolutely helps that. And he's going to bring the best out of LaVisca and DJ, but you need those franchise-defining guys to take a step in the right direction. And the Travis Etienne, James Robinson, it, it, it was a bit of a shock during draft week, for sure, that we had a lot of questions about that. But it was very clear that James Robinson had too many carries last season. You want to get the best out of a guy like that. And you're, you're questioning injury at that point with the amount of carries he had. So you needed another option. Options are a great thing to have. So Travis Etienne brings that along with kind of a – Creative role. I don't think you're just going to see him be a running back. We call him a basically an offensive weapon here. And Coach Meyer loves that Percy Harvin type player. So I think you'll see a little more of that. And I don't think everyone should think, well, oh, he's gonna take James Robinson's place. That that's not the message we're getting here in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, I was kind of surprised that they went with ETN, but also you realize they get, you know, Trevor's basically best friend in college or is like top offensive weapon from their days at Clemson. But I'm curious because there's a trend across the NFL over the last couple of years. I mean, a team drops a quarterback, they hire an offensive minded head coach, usually a guy who's come up through the pipeline and then is an offensive coordinator before making that leap to head coach. I mean, we know urban Meyer, we mentioned earlier on the show that he's really made his, a name for himself throughout college, but Who's taking the the main role in developing Trevor here? Is it the offensive coordinator in Daryl Bevel? Is it the um, quarterbacks coach in Brian Schottenheimer? Or is Meyer kind of taking the lead role?
2: I would think they all kind of work together in that nature. But I would say if you had to pick one, you're going to pick Brian Schottenheimer, who's the passing game coordinator. Also, quarterback coach. This is a guy that Russell Wilson was singing his praises that this is one of the best coaches he had. And he brought him up through his rookie year to make him the Russell Wilson that that we see in Seattle. So, very high praise that he's not new to bringing up a new rookie quarterback. Every time we've asked Trevor, he's mentioned we call him Shoddy here, is his nickname. And he's mentioned him being the go to guy if he has a question and leading meetings. So, I would think. If he had to pick one it would be him but it, it, it's very much a group effort trying to get the best out of trevor and also trying to hold trevor off some he's been dealing with some hamstring tightness he had left shoulder surgery so trevor has mentioned a couple times i want to go i want to get out there i want to practice and the coaching staff is like you'll you'll get your chance be patient over there
0: yeah i was just about to ask about his hamstring um so there like you mentioned uh there are reports coming out about his hamstring uh Coach Meyer said there's really nothing to be worried about. They're just being extra cautious instead it develops, or if it develops into something, they want to make sure he's not going 100% like he wants to. Uh, and and he did have left shoulder surgery a while back in February, if I believe. Uh, how is that all recovering? Or is, there, is there really any valid concern about his hamstring? Uh, and I know it's not his throwing arm, so it's not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know fans across the league are just wanting to know if Trevor's going to be okay come preseason.
2: Yes, he will for sure be okay, and Coach Meyer has said many times if we had to go play a game today, he would be out there and he would be just fine. But the last thing you want is to put him out there right now and something crazy and unlucky happen. Sadly, we've seen it here before with OTAs with first-round draft pick Dante Fowler who blew out his ACL during OTAs. That is the last thing you want as a franchise. It's certainly the last thing you want with a franchise quarterback, and we've seen hamstring tightness kind of go – each way here in Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette was someone that dealt with hamstring tightness basically an entire season, and it really impacted his game. That's a really tricky injury, so I expect them to be very careful with that. But luckily for Trevor, they have about a month off right now before training camp, so he has plenty of time to heal.
1: How is Tim Tebow look? Because I'm really curious because I was a big fan <laughs> of Tebow coming out of Florida, but how's he look just returning to football after what seems like forever
2: yeah that that is the million dollar question we get that in publics and restaurants you name it everyone wants to know about tim tebow and, and i don't blame them he has such a following and it, and it is such a crazy story if it works out i will say if you didn't know the the, the story of tim tebow and everything off the field you would look like he belongs you, you got on the practice field and I will say at first look, he looks a little shorter than the rest of them, but he has caught every pass thrown his way. He looks like he's holding his own. He looks like he's improving. I think he most likely will make this team, especially with the need at tight end that this roster has. I've been pleasantly surprised that he seems like he's really putting in the work when he's huge. He's taking up a ton of space and I think could definitely be utilized as a blocking tight end, but... He definitely fits the part. And from everything we've heard, he is 110% in it to get better every single day.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask what part does he have in this offense if he does make them 50 53 man roster? Excuse me. Uh, do you see him more as that blocking wide tight end, or do you see him as a potential catching option uh, for, for Trevor Lawrence down later in the season?
2: Yeah, he's done both during OTAs and minicamp. And I think because there is kind of that that lack of that superstar Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz tight end here on the roster. I think when you look at all the tight ends, you look at Chris Manhurts, who during free agency was brought in here from Carolina. Everyone was, OK, well, he's going to be the blocking tight end. Well, not so fast. He's caught a ton of passes in OTAs and has frankly looked very good in the red zone as a uh, pass catching tight end. I think because you don't have that number one guy, all of them are going to be asked to do a little bit of both, and we shouldn't be surprised by that. You really only have about five tight ends right now on a, on a 90-man roster, so I think you're going to see a little bit of both from all of them.
1: We all know mania took over the football world by storm. Um, do you think that Trevor being in Jacksonville now, how does this kind of put Jacksonville football on the map? Because it's giving people – that traditionally would never watch the Jags something to look forward to because Trevor is going to be one of the many faces of the league for years to come.
2: Yeah. It brings a ton of eyes to a team that that really didn't have many outside of Jacksonville, which is an awesome thing. And I think Jacksonville will be relevant, especially with coach Meyer that definitely helps for, for years to come, but I go back to relevancy is great and attention is great, but it only stays so long if you aren't successful. And we saw an incredible following here in 2017 and the beginning of 2018, when the Jaguars signed Nick Foles, it was booming here and the city was buzzing about this quarterback and this team. So when this team wins, the city is awesome and the fan base is awesome. And I don't blame them for the rough years we've had because this team hasn't produced and hasn't won games. So when the team wins fans come out and I think that's this big national perception about the Jaguars. It's, oh. they don't have fans and no one pays attention to them. And that's just, well, the, the team hasn't won. And when they do, fans do come. So it's great, but there's national attention, but I don't want to forget about the fans that have been here in Jacksonville and really just want this team to win. It's not too much to ask.
0: Yeah, when the Jags are winning, everyone who's from Duval uh, will make sure you know they're from Duval in the state of Florida <laughs> when the Jags are good. Trust me, if anyone out is wondering, if you're not from Florida, it's a thing. Uh, Right behind you, Duval, it's literally on Dunkin' Donuts in the Jacksonville area, when the Jags are good, everybody's happy and everybody's a Jags fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I guess what question is, bouncing off of that, first downtown Jacksonville is kind of a local guy, it's a big proposed community that Jags are, are planning, um, getting involved in local development, trying to re-bolster the development of Jacksonville with all of this investment. How much of a piece, this is kind of the hard question, how much of a piece is Trevor Lawrence, franchise quarterback, how, how, how does he help that? How does he help bring attraction to the city of Jacksonville? Because one of the big pieces of having a team, a league, or a franchise in Jacksonville is to attract investors, attract people. So do you think Trevor Lawrence helps with that? I know you just kind of touched on that, but specifically local development. Uh, if you can't answer that, what what, what piece does, does Trevor have there? It's a lot to put on his shoulders, but.
2: It is. I think it, it's pretty clear, though, that he definitely has a piece. I mean, the, the flashy, attractive teams in the NFL, they have the, the poster child of that team, for lack of a better term. And you looked at Tom Brady with the Patriots. Now Tom Brady with the Bucks. You You need that guy. You need that billboard type player to market your team around. And that's going to be. Trevor Lawrence. We, we've we had some years where there's a big DreamFinders home banner outside the stadium, and we've had to keep changing who's on that banner. And I think for Trevor Lawrence to be here and be the franchise guy, you can count on him being on that banner for years and years and seasons to come. That's a great thing. But I will say with the downtown development, the new facility, the hotels, all of that that was all head coach Urban Meyer. I mean, that was very much something he wanted in this city when he wanted to be the head coach here. And it's something he negotiated for. He, I don't think he would have taken the job if there wasn't a promise of a football facility going up here in the next couple of seasons. That is a glaring need here, especially when you go visit other NFL teams like the bears, you see that beautiful facility and you see, okay, well, why doesn't Jacksonville have that? And coach Meyer started asking these questions and, being okay well we can get there if we do xyz so i'll put the credit more so on him but trevor lawrence definitely helps the cause
1: it honestly i mean i don't know if you've heard but the bears put in a bid to purchase like a 326 Mm -hmm. acre race course and everyone's kind of hoping that there's like this little bears or this big bears mecca that's built with a new stadium and everything and i think just from a marketing perspective here i mean the jags and bears they're two teams that I mean, the Bears never really struggled with marketing being a charter franchise, but now all of a sudden that you have a franchise quarterback, the Jags and Bears finally have a card that they can put in and they can finally get up there with a team like Green Bay, for example, that's always used the quarterback as a marketing chip.
2: For sure. And I think you got to keep up with the, the brand new beautiful stadium in LA and Vegas. You're, you're seeing this trend and it's not going to stop in cities like Chicago and Jacksonville and Buffalo and You saw what the Dolphins did with their stadium and a brand new facility. You got to do something to stay in the mix. And I think that's why you're going to see big pushes here to do something. Because when you compare right now TIA Bank Field to SoFi Stadium in LA, it's night and day. It's a huge difference. You want to try to close that gap and stay competitive. And I think every team is going to have to ask themselves the same question.
0: Yeah, but I don't think SoFi has a hot tub. So... (laughs) Who's really winning here?
2: Here and there. You're right. Great question.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it from us. Thanks so much for jumping on here. Where can people follow you on Twitter?
2: they can follow me on jaguars.com. That is a great website to see all of our stuff. And ask also Ashlyn R Sullivan on Twitter and Instagram. We're, we're a little slow right now, but picking up in August, we'll have all kinds of great stuff. So thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for being on, you know, where to find us, Um, you know, hit us up if you ever need anything, but this was really fun. Hoping to do it again sometime after their rookie season so that we can compare how Trevor and Justin did.
2: For sure. Let's do
1: it with, Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Bears fans. So that was Jaguars team reporter Ashlyn Sullivan. You can follow her on Twitter once again at Ashlyn R. Sullivan. Max, that was an awesome interview. Let's just kind of debrief here, man. I mean, what were some of your takeaways?
0: Yeah, so I think everyone's excited about Trevor, but I think specifically Jacksonville. Uh, Like she said, it's a smaller market. They did poor last year. They've kind of been a poor franchise in the past decade or so uh, with that one winning season where they could have made it to the Super Bowl, but Tom Brady got in the way. Uh, So this is a really big moment for the franchise. This is a really big moment for the media market. Like I mentioned, they're adding just a ton of investment in downtown Jacksonville. They're putting all their chips behind Trevor Lawrence. Now, if there's anyone to do it in this draft, I still think it's Trevor Lawrence. I think I, I, don't, I don't see his, him as a bust. I think he's probably the best generational draft quarterback we've seen in a long time. Uh, just at least like surefire, we know he's going to be something big. We know he's going to be something good. I don't think he's the next Ryan Leaf. I think he's just too good to not be that. Uh, but I think that there's a lot to take away from looking at how local media markets are treating their players. If there's one thing that I think every fan in the NFL should look at is look at these local media markets. Look at the teams. How are they reporting these guys? Because they know them better than anyone else. And if they're excited about a player, you should be excited about them too. So all in all, I'm excited for the Jags. I think they have a ton of weapons. I think they're going to have a great year. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to put the league on notice. I'm not saying I don't love Justin Fields, but I'm saying if there's a team to watch out for in the AFC, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, I... You know, going back to Ashland's interview here, what was interesting was a lot of the stuff she mentioned, and I alluded to this in the interview, but I'll bring it up again. A lot of the stuff she mentioned was just so similar to what we're seeing and hearing about Justin Fields here in Chicago in terms of, well, this is the type of leader that the quarterback is. This is what Justin's doing here in Chicago. Trevor going around, just hanging out with his teammates, really getting an effort to know everyone in the team facility. And I think that you don't because I followed the San Francisco media in preparation for this project, been following a lot of Patriots media, been following the Jets media too. I mean, I didn't hear DJ necessarily mention that in the Jets interview about this is what Zach Wilson's doing. But I think just Trevor and Justin being from two of the biggest football programs in the country at Clemson, Ohio State, that really kind of puts you into perspective that, hey, you know what? This is how both of these guys are kind of handling what's – all the attention and stuff that's coming to work because ohio state let's just call it how it is man i mean it's always been a staple throughout college football one of those big programs that everyone's gonna watch on any given saturday and then you have clemson on the other hand that really has been relevant for a long time now but you really didn't hear everyone talk about clemson until Dabo sweeney got the job yeah, I
0: mean, you think about Deshaun Watson, at least in the past couple of years, Clemson, SEC school, there's always going to be big fans. I know people from Clemson, big, 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 big college football fans. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, moving, moving forward here, we're going to hear comparisons between Justin Fields, between Trevor Lawrence, between Zach Wilson, between Mac Jones, because we as football fans were blessed with five solid quarterbacks leaving college football, declaring for the draft. And now we get to watch them develop or we get to watch them flounder. And hopefully they all develop into exactly what their franchise wants because it just makes the league better. But again, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is an absolute stud of a talent. I, I hope I hope that soldier, shoulder's fine. I, I hope he has all the offensive weapons that he needs. As a, as a Bears fan, I shouldn't even worry about the Jags because they're not in my conference. They're, they're not in my division. So of course I just want to see nothing but success for them, uh, but but absolutely I think that's really something that that Bears fans need to look at is is other teams how are how are they doing and and if you my recommendation is pick one of these guys and follow them pick your favorite quarterback from this rookie class outside of Justin Field I, and, and follow them see see how they're doing. See you at their careers going if you really like their game because these guys, like it or not, are going to be the mold for future generational quarterbacks. We are going to see two of these guys make make you know kids today who are playing in Pop Warner, who are playing in Bill George, who are looking for quarterbacks in the NFL to model their game after. They're going to be looking at these guys because they're up next. So the next generation of quarterbacks are going to be based off of these guys. And I think that's something we need to recognize. Uh, And also another thing that I want to put out there is Trevor Lawrence is playing in the perfect market. You bring up how he was in college football at Clemson, and we're talking about Justin Fields at Ohio State, these big basically NFL market teams. Well, now Trevor's in you know slow North Florida, Jacksonville, where guess what? He can make a mistake and people are going to go, well, it's the Jags. It's okay. He can make mistakes. Justin Fields in Chicago, on the other hand, the more mistakes he makes – the, the more people are going to start questioning whether or not he's the guy. I think we we if there's a comparison that a lot of people like to compare Trevor Lawrence to Peyton Manning and I can see the similarities. Peyton was in Indianapolis. Now, Indianapolis is a fairly sizable market, but it's not as big as Chicago and it's definitely bigger than Jacksonville. But guess what? Peyton was allowed to make mistakes. He he threw the most rookie interceptions out of anyone. And guess what? He's in he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the GOATs of all time. So, I mean, if you're in a market that allows you to make mistakes that allows you to be yourself, I feel like you're, you're just already set to have a good career. Now, Blake Bortles on the other hand, you know, he he ended up being Blake Bortles, but that's because he's not Trevor Lawrence. I think he's in the perfect spot. I think he has everything he needs to succeed. Uh, And I think fortunately for the bears, we do have that rookie quarterback who's ready for that big market mentality. Like we've said on this show for weeks, Mitch Trubisky just wasn't ready. He just didn't have that mental. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to explain hundred percent what I did wrong. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to fight. I'm going to talk trash. I'm going to be that media personality guy that bears fans want so badly. Justin Fields can do that. And he's already been doing that. So I think these guys are perfect for where they're at. I think I'm just, you know, I'm super excited to see their careers develop. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is my favorite out of this class for the AFC. Justin Fields is my favorite of class of the NFC course they've been top prospects since they were in high school so of course we're just going to watch them flourish here in the nfl hopefully you know sees uh that they get to play each other sometime soon at least in the next four years they will
1: yeah i think the bears and jags are set to play at soldier field in 2024 which will also be i think year three or four of both of these guys rookie contracts so hopefully they'll both be getting ready to sign extent major extensions at that point but last one before we sign off here i mean You're 110% right because if, and I know I talked about this with Ashwin, but you look at a lot of these major, the teams that do have franchise quarterbacks. I mean, let's be real. The Chiefs were never really, the Chiefs were quote unquote on the map and then Patrick Mahomes arrived. And now it seems like every single time that the Chiefs are playing on Sunday night football, you are, you're not tuning in for Andy Reid or, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or Chris Jones. I mean, us guys that cover the NFL, we're tuning in for that stuff. But if you're just a fan, I mean, you're tuning in for Patrick Mahomes, all right? I mean, I know people that are Giants fans that have Patrick Mahomes jerseys just because it's like the cool new trend that's spreading around. If you don't have one, you know, you're not necessarily – Not say you're not cool, but if you don't have one, people are going to just assume, be like, okay, you're so committed to your fan base. Because, like, I would never wear, you know, a Patrick Mahomes jersey just because I'm a diehard Bears fan. Which is why I copped a $15 hoodie off the Coles clearance rack yesterday, man. I'll send you the picture, by the way. But anyway, the point is, is that, like, the quarterback has now become the marketing kind of marketing chip, basically, for any NFL team. And if you look at the Bears, man, I know you live... In the Chicagoland area for so long. I do to O'Hare, 294 North. I mean, I swear to God, I see probably about a dozen freaking Brian Urlacher Erlacher billboards. And Urlacher's been out of the game for about a decade at this point, right? For me, dude, it's kind of refreshing to know and just see that. The next time I see a Bears billboard, it's not going to be something about this is where you get your season tickets or this is where you go ahead and, you know, Bears Family Fest is this day in August. Get your tickets. It's going to be so refreshing to see a picture of someone like a Justin Fields up there, you know, someone like a Trevor Lawrence up there, knowing that the Bears and Jags are two teams now that finally have that big marketing chip that's going to put them on the map more than ever.
0: Yeah, and I just I just want to say this before we go. I mean, look who's above you, Khalil Mack, right? The last time that the Bears media just blew up with the superstar in the league in the town was Khalil Mack. Everybody was happy to see Khalil Mack. Jerseys were flying off the racks. People were Bears fans again because Ryan Pace brought in Khalil Mack, right? And game one, I remember I disavowed the Bears after 2017 with that 3-13 season. I was like, I don't even know if I can watch them anymore. But just when I thought that was out, they pull me back in because they bring in talent like Khalil Mack and they complete, or they bring in talent like Allen Robinson. And I say, okay, we got superstars in Chicago again. Let's get rolling. Game one against Green Bay Packers, Khalil Mack shows the league that he's still got it and that he's going to be bringing a lot to Chicago. And there you go. Now you have a bunch of fans are back in, in one of the biggest media markets in the country. Uh, and I mean, one thing that people have to understand about Florida – is that there are three football teams in the state of Florida. There are three professional football teams in the state of Florida with the Dolphins, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then, of course, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nobody was a Buccaneers fan. I'm not even kidding you. I couldn't find a Buccaneers fan in the state of Florida until Tom Brady showed up, and then it became Tampa Bay. And then everybody I knew that was a Patriots fan or just from the Northeast living in Florida, now they're a Buccaneers fan. Everybody was a Dolphins fan. So, for this, it's great for the league. We're building up markets. We're getting more fans involved. We're getting more people interested in the beautiful game.
1: Uh, and, uh, you know, football
0: is America's game now, in my opinion. We'll just keep going.
1: Absolutely. We're going to keep going here at Fireside Bears, too, guys. Keep an eye out for the DJB Enemy interview. That's going to be dropping pretty shortly here. And then, also, we're going to be doing the same thing with Trey Lance as well as Mac Jones, getting people on who cover the page. Patriots as well as the 49ers to talk about those two compared to Justin Fields, because if you thought Trevor and Zach Wilson were fun, then you're going to have fun listening to Lance and Mac Jones, especially because I mean, QB four and five in this class got picked ahead of QB three which is trust me when I say this, Depending on how those other two pan out, man, Bears fans are never going to let Patriots and 49ers fans live it down. But anyways, guys, like I said, that's going to do it from us. Listen, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Usaid you follow Max on Twitter at MaxSmithESM. Tune into Fireside Bears on every single social media platform. So YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. Good morning, good evening, and good night wherever you may be. It's been a pleasure talking Bears and Jags with you for this episode. Bear down, Duval, we'll see you guys on on Saturday with another great episode, but peace out, guys.